Screen Actors Guild, where we explore Oscar-winning actors and the embarrassing films they'd rather forget. I'm your host, Michelle, the hot dog vendor, insisting on giving a couple making out two cans of soda. And I'm Henry, the peeled back eyelids. We're in the same room today. We're in the same room. It's We're great. Doing it. We love it. It is weird. It is weird. I'm used to sitting in my like little bubble, mm-hmm. my little isolation chamber of sound. Looking at your face and hearing I know, your mouth like words actual three dimension. It's very strange. It's wild, people. Uh, so this is uh, <laughs> Jolly Old Saint Nick. Uh, D- Redux. Mon- yeah, yeah, we're we're back to the well because he's our buddy. He's our best buddy. Right. In yeah. honor of December. Yep. Jolly old Saint Nicholas, we've, our our friend, our pal. We've returned to Sir Nicholas Cage. Man, have we ever! So, uh, before we get into Vampire's Kiss, yes, there are things that I've learned about Nicholas Cage from the Internet Movie Database. Oh, I am so excited because t- surprisingly, although Nicholas Cage has become kind of a I'm not going to say obsession. I'm going to say a lifestyle for me. Yeah, right. <laughs> Absolutely. He's like, as Gwyneth Paltrow is to goop, you yeah. are to Nicolas Cage's general stuff. Just sort of who he is, his likeness, just him existing in the world seems to be part of who I am at my core. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I know, I don't think I'm up on like the trivia element no. of his persona. Right. Most of your Nicolas Cage stuff is just his physical presence. Yeah. I, like consuming things that he's mm-hmm. created, wearing things that have his face on them, mm-hmm. mostly thanks to you at this yeah, point. Yeah, at this point, I have gifted Michelle a Nicolas Cage mask with his just mouth on his it, or his full, full face? face. Okay, full face. I thought I was getting to one that was just his mouth, but it's his full face. Dear God. And then a Nicolas Cage shirt and pants that sort of create a Nicolas Cage onesie effect. Yeah, like tracksuit style, but mm-hmm. it's just repeating faces. A billion different Nick Cage faces. It's not great. Oh, it's um, challenging <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> it's challenging. It also, uh, and then there's Nicolas Cage pillow, right? The sequel. There very much pillow. is. I've got a Nicolas Cage pillow. I've got two now because someone else jumped on someone board. Someone else. Did I tell you about this? No. So I got an anonymous Nicolas Cage pillow in the mail. You did tell me and about this. I was this. trying to solve the mystery for like 72 hours and it ended up being Brie. Who okay. sent it via Amazon, which ends up being like some random China company. Mm-hmm. And that's why I couldn't solve it. But it was a... You know, it's a real noodle scratcher when everyone knows what your shit is. Right. You have, <laughs> you have one very powerful overarching theme. Yeah. It's my personality now. Uh, so, you also for our, like, four listeners, you'll hear uh, some jingling in the background. We are also sharing space with several dogs. They're part We're of the in show my living now. Room. They're yes. involved in the show. They're helping produce the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, it's, you know, it's, just, it's not fully work. This is natural dog audio. Yeah. We'll mix in more dogs later if the dogs aren't coming through. Perfect. <laughs> Maybe just a pack of roving dogs in the background. So, Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage. has four trademarks. Should uh, I try to guess? Sure. Um, I mean, one's got to be his his loudness, right? Just the fact that he does a lot of trademark yells. O- often plays flamboyant and or eccentric characters. Okay. Ronnie Camerari in Moonstruck, Sailor Ripley in Wild at Heart, Ben Sanderson in Leaving Las Vegas, Charlie Kaufman, Donald Kaufman in Adaptation. Those are the only ones they felt, well, I guess it's just if you start, and then you can't stop. I, I guess, but that's also Those are four some of... really random characters, and like, 
Ben Sanderson is not especially flamboyant or eccentric. He's just like a sad alcoholic man. Yeah, like I wouldn't come He's up good. with Moonstruck wouldn't be in my top twenty Nicolas Cage movies if you're trying to uh, explain like capture his eccentricity. His eccentricity. <laughs> I, he's. He's got a like. Iconic. He's got powerful energy in Moonstruck. He's big. He's going big. Yeah, he's going but, big. But you know, he's not going nuts. Right. Right. No. It, like Moonstruck is not listed in the Nicolas Cage melting down universe. Yeah, that's like a movie movie. Yeah. Most yeah, a lot of what he makes an is a different movie. category yes. of movie. But it was like his first playing for the back of a house role. I that's think. true. Yeah, he does. He's doing some yells. He's doing some really definitely yells. doing some yells. Uh, Often plays eccentric, wisecracking characters. Okay, that is not a good way to describe Nicolas Cage. No, he's, <laughs> he's not Bugs Bunny. He's not Joe Pesci. <laughs> uh, this one I think is fair. Sharp, dark, pointy eyebrows, and striking blue eyes. <laughs> Just like, it's... The last two are sort of veering into horny. Yeah, it takes a sharp turn at the end. No, we haven't gotten to the full... Deep, husky, baritone voice. Okay. Okay. Husky. 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 It's also not always the case. Not especially accurate. He likes to live in that upper register quite a bit and do like, Mm -hmm. He's a guy who does voices. He's got a growl. He's got a growl. He does. In this movie, he definitely does. Uh, so those are his. Those are the four trademarks of Nicolas Cage. In case you were curious, how people identify Nicolas Cage fundamentally on IMDb. I just, if I could be in the room when I figure out who these people are, that just plug that information into the internet tube. Well, so uh, one, they're very good at English. First trivia piece about Nicolas Cage: received Johnny Depp his first acting job. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what it means. I actually don't like know what it means. Wrote something down about this and then ran it through translators back and forth yeah, for like to the 25 point where times. I don't know if he gifted Johnny Depp his first acting job or received, received it from. Who knows? Uh, I do believe he. Uh, I, I don't think he. I, based on other things I have read here. Neither of those are accurate. He like convinced Johnny Depp to be an actor. Interesting. Which is, it, well, it definitely isn't receiving him his first acting <laughs> job. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I mean he's a Coppola. He received his first acting job from Uncle Uncle, right? His first acting job was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, was and, it? Yeah. Oh damn. Uh, he has no uh, no dialogue in okay. it. Okay, but he's like he's, in it. he's uh, like a fry boy in the back. Right. And billed as Nicholas Coppola. So Nicholas Cage wasn't even in. Yeah, he was a different man back yeah. then. He was a background man. Yeah, I don't know. Was his first bit like significant role from his I know, think one of the first Francie? ones I think I think he jumped on the map with a with a couple Coppola films. See, these are things that I would know if I knew a lot about the life of Nicholas Cage. But uh, yeah, I'm not gonna consult the the internet oracle. Alright. Propose to Patricia Arquette. On the day he met her in the early 1980s, Arquette thought he was rather strange, but played along with his antics by creating a list of things Cage would have to fulfill to win her. When he started to work his way through the list, Arquette got scared and avoided him. Yeah. They met again many years later and later went on to marry. Wait. Not a great sentence. (laughs) 
I guess that charm was like a sleeper cell. He just he needed to plant the seed and let it grow. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, during an A&E biography on him, the host explained that Cage was director Sam Raimi's first choice to play Norman Osborn slash Green Goblin in the movie Spider-Man 2002. That's not that interesting, a piece of trivia. Okay. However, the sentence that follows is, apparently, this is before he met Willem Dafoe. He's <laughs> <laughs> just such... Just snide. So snide. So <laughs> mean. Snide. Well, he can prefer... Yeah. He's uh, a fine actor some of the time. Uh, this is relevant to this movie. Ate a real cockroach in the film Vampire's Kiss. Absolutely did. Did this, it against the wishes of the people making this reportedly took three takes. Ew. He once said about the experience, every muscle in my body didn't want to do it, but I did it anyway. Yeah. One thing I do know is that he was supposed to just eat a raw egg, and then he made it his mission to eat a cockroach what? instead. And, like, the producer of the movie was like, get this guy the fuck out of here. Yeah, you don't I need stopped to do doing that. weird shit on set. <laughs> but everyone else obviously was like, like I want to watch this guy eat a cockroach. How quickly. Yeah, and course. they ran down to the basement of where they were shooting, collected cockroaches. Oh, my God. And, like, he ate dirty cockroaches. Someone called a doctor. basement. Someone called a doctor to be like, is this going to maybe get him actually sick? And the doctor was like, just have him chase it with some whiskey. What? (laughs) Did they also get the doctor from the basement? (laughs) What the fuck? What you want to do is you want to be drunk and And deeply up in the Eat a trash bug. Yeah. Yeah, Eat a bug that lives in dumpsters. That is famously the most disgusting thing in cities. So, like, it's walked on everything. Yeah. All of it. It's a poop roach. That's a big time. Uh, Referred to as the jazz musician of acting by David Lynch. Oh, very perfect way to describe it. Exactly right. Absolutely. Yeah, like, the way that he described himself as well, that he was doing a kabuki-style acting, Mm -hmm. is the other good way to describe it. Which, but, like, that's also a real thing thing (laughs) (laughs) acting is a real thing that is i don't know what nicholas cage is doing but it's it's not that it's a reimagining of something he heard about once in a book it's a flavor yeah uh he said he realized that all great movie stars such as spencer tracy had had recognizable voices so he has his styled he has styled his to be distinctive he has styled his to be distinctive mm-hmm. in each movie separately. Yes. But there's no Not a single through thread. line. Uh, I'm just reading. In a huge fan of Elvis Presley. In this is, I mean, it's the Internet Movie Database. It's I not perfect. It. I love it. In Wild at Heart, he performed the Elvis Presley classic, Love Me, with uncanny aplomb. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, this I mean, guy. why not? Yeah, loves, he loves Nick Cage. He's a fan. Okay. Uh, there's just so many good... He owns the rights of the original movie, The Courtship of Eddie's Father, okay. from 1963, which he bought from Ted Turner with the intention of turning this into a movie. It's already a movie. <laughs> so he wants to make a remake of this movie nobody's ever heard of. Yeah, like... He owns the rights to... How do you own... He owns the rights to the original movie. <laughs> He's got... It's his now. It's he picked. Name. He picked a very boring thing. To this spend. is a movie that stars Ron, young Ron Howard. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And nobody. Why would you? What? It definitely that reads like a childhood obsession that he needed to get his grubby little paws on. It must be. But then never did it, right? Like he's never. I mean, who would watch that? Not as I don't know. Unless I mean, you would watch that. Put, Ron, put Ron Howard back in it. Right as Nicolas Cage. Um. <laughs> In his original role. Yeah. Uh, so, 
So the first half of this is going to start with a bummer. I just want to say. Okay. When Cage was arrested in New Orleans and charged mm-hmm. with alleged domestic abuse against his wife Alice and disturbing the peace, mm-hmm. set aside a bummer. a bummer. The $11,000 needed to bail him out was posted by Dwayne Dog Chapman, better known as Dog the Bounty Hunter. Wow. When was this? 2011? 2011. Yeah. How did you know that? I didn't say 2011. You, did just, we, you didn't? <laughs> no. You just had that. Did I just pre-cog 2011? It's April 2011. No way. How did... Did I just mishear... No. I think you happen to know this somewhere in the recesses of your brain. Is it one of those things where I actually know everything that you're saying right now and it's just been laying dormant? I think that's right. And I need to access it, but only, only small chunks are floating to the surface. Maybe. Chunks is maybe not the word I want to I mean, chunks of Nicholas Cage is fine. Uh... Was originally cast as Randy the Ram Robinson in The Wrestler, the Mickey Rourke part. Oh, that would have been Dropped a movie. out of the film because he felt he didn't have time to bulk up for the role. And director Aronofsky's heart was set on Mickey Rourke, who eventually okay. played it. Yeah. The one, didn't have time to bulk up for the role is very funny. That's so uh, funny. I, I don't think he could do it. He's a I don't think, no. He's not built like that. No, also, like... He's a tall man. He's that, a big, tall man. That movie is... Like, it's not a great movie. Mickey Rourke is unbelievable in it. And I cannot imagine Nicolas Cage at, like... At that time, too. Because, yeah. like, and he's, like, a, he can play Grizzled pretty well. Like, Pig, good example. Right, but, like, when was that movie? The Wrestler was but, 2008. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. Nick Cage was still looking fine. It's, like, almost, point. like, you know, still coasting off the Con Air fumes. God, yeah. Uh... On Reddit, he has an entire community devoted to him called One True God. Yes, I do know you about do this. Know that, yep. Definitely knew that one. Okay. Once woke up in his Orange County, in his house at Orange County, in the middle of the night to find a naked man eating a fudgesicle in front of his bed. <laughs> that had to be his fault, right? Like, I feel like he made that. He's manifested He, he reverse engineered right. a number of different variables to make that happen. He, like... Blacked out himself, yeah. brought a man into his house, stripped yeah. the man down, and fed the man a fudgesicle, and then woke up. Yeah. Uh, so this is less about... It's just interesting. So one of the reasons he divorced Lisa Marie Presley... He was married to Lisa Marie Presley. Yes, he was married to... It was Barry the lead. ...was because her first husband, Danny Coe, lived in a guest house on their property. <laughs> and Cage found that highly inappropriate. And you know what? Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, yeah, on, I'm on Tim Cage on this. <laughs> this that's that. a really weird move. That's a weird move. Like, is there no other home for this man, this right. man in the world? I mean, and like, uh, be on good terms with your exes if you can. Great. Don't but turn like, him into your pool boy. My word. Right. That feels a, like that feels valid. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I oh, absolutely. Team Cage. Uh, he was a major fan of the Chicago black death metal band uh, Vinicum. Vinificum. Such a big fan. He opened a MySpace group dedicated to the group. Adorable. He says he still likes Prince and all. Prince? Like the artist Prince? Yep. <laughs> this is all the same yes. fact. Someday he wants to sing Beneficum at one of his infamous karaoke parties. I am very interested in the presence of Prince in that sentence. Right? It's like it's a just... completely separate aside. He likes this band. Don't worry. <laughs> he still, he likes, still Prince, likes Prince. <laughs> who is not mentioned anywhere else in Nicholas Cage's I Am Famously profile. still likes Prince. Uh, born at 5.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Perfect, now we know. Who is finding this shit? Okay. I'm going to deep dive on that astrological 
uh, profile. Had some teeth pulled to make his performance in Birdie more authentic. Ew, what? Right? No. I don't, I've never heard of this movie Birdie either. Birdie is? What's Birdie? (laughs) Does he play a bird? (laughs) He has all of his teeth pulled because birds Birds have no teeth. Birds have no teeth. That's very disgusting. Uh, it's a 1984 movie Ooh. starring him and Matthew Modine. Interesting. Where uh, one of them becomes, has to be Nick Cage, unstable and obsessed with becoming a bird. What was no. his life like in the 80s? I, yeah, and also I was a little close. Yeah. I uh, mean, that's Hollywood for you. Teeth are dispensable. Mm-hmm. You just get, get a new one. Lose some teeth. Grow them back. Method. Uh, well, here's... He might have extra teeth, because that's going to move on to, to quotes. Uh, I am not a demon. I am a lizard, a shark, teeth, yes. a heat-seeking panther. I want to be Bob Denver on acid playing the accordion. End quote. That's so fucking awesome. It's so dope. That's what so awesome. What a weird awesome. thing to say. God, I mean, when you're Nick Cage, you're just, you can talk and talk and talk and someone is writing it down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You probably call a little conference right? So you can say something <laughs> like that into the internet. Or maybe back then it was on to television. Well, you just like put it into a tape recorder and set it in a message in a bottle and eventually somebody's going to find yeah, it. Yeah, just mail it to an office mm-hmm. or an individual, <laughs> a private resident, and just, just let the airdrop it over a city. Yeah. Uh, I'm at the point now where I know I'm doing something right when a movie gets mixed reviews because then I'm not in the box. I don't want to make it too easy for people. And I don't want to make it too easy for myself. I want to try something unusual. I feel good about the bad reviews because I feel like I've affected them on some level. They may not know what I was trying to do, but they felt something. God, I respect this guy. Oh, yeah. I just really, I mean, like, for all the jokes everyone makes about Nick Cage, he's aware and he, oh, he also... He absolutely knows he's what he's doing. fostering a vibe. Uh, all right. I remember when I met Johnny Depp. He was a guitar player from Florida and he had no idea he could be an actor. I said, I really think you are an actor. You have that ability. That was just from playing one game of Monopoly with him. (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot of questions. But also, like, what is Nick Cage's life? Playing Monopoly with anyone, and the odds of playing Monopoly with a basic stranger, and then bi- building hard opinions. Yeah, that you can be a famous actor. <laughs> Were they doing voices? Were they doing uh, impressions? Uh, I, it's, Was he Mr. Moneybags? No information. Dr. Moneybags? Daddy Moneybags. Papa Moneybags. None of those. What what is his name? (laughs) I think uh, Mr. Pennybags or Uncle Pennybags, depending on the version of Monopoly. Oh. I'm going to go with Dr. Daddy Moneybags. Dr. Daddy Moneybags. (laughs) I have no additional information beyond uh, Monopoly. Uh, That's all you need when it's Johnny Depp. mm -hmm. He plays with a flourish. Uh, On Face Off, without tooting my own horn, I think it's a masterpiece. I hard agree, hard agree. Movie is a fucking masterpiece. Absolutely. Uh, Start to finish. I was being stalked by a mime. Silent, (laughs) but maybe deadly. Somehow, this mime would appear on the set of Bringing Out the Dead and start doing strange things. I have no idea how it got past security. Finally, the producers took some action, and I haven't seen the mime since. Isn't it interesting that you don't need to gender a mime? You don't need to humanize a mime? A mime (laughs) sneaks onto set and it's like a stray cat with poor intentions. (laughs) 
stalking Nick Cage. Also Come seems on. also really reads like another one of those wakes up and there's a guy with a fudgesicle at the foot of his bed. Like, Absolutely. He must get like blackout drunk, make some phone calls, facilitate a future doing... occurrence, and then yeah. have no memory mm-hmm. of having given mm-hmm. himself mm-hmm. this little private <laughs> private nugget of joy. But it's entirely possible it's Nick Cage from like the future miming him. Oh, yeah. I mean, because he would. 1996 quote. Jim Carrey and I went to George Hamilton's wine bar. He's an interesting one. He was there and had some fun stories. I told him how one of my heroes from the time he played... I told him how he was one of my heroes from the time he played Evil Knievel. We had cigars and very expensive bottles of wine. Uh, We're open and Jim and I were going, this is great, man. At the end of the night, we got slapped with an $8,000 bill. It was at that point that George became the fox in the Pinocchio story. He happens to look quite a bit like that fox. I would not want to play cards with George Hamilton. What are you talking about? (laughs) I thought he was talking about Jim Carrey. Nope, George Hamilton. I guess he and Jim Carrey just go out. Who's George Hamilton? Who's George Hamilton? Uh, Should I know who George Hamilton is? I it's I have no good information about George Hamilton. Like a lost founding father. Yeah, or like oh, wait, he's. I mean, he's in a bunch of stuff, but like. Nothing anybody's ever seen. Weird. It's like a random, like, C-list actor. Weird. Um, important to put in Nicolas Cage's quote wall. <laughs> yeah. I remember my prom was a complete disaster. I used bonds my grandmother had given me to rent a tuxedo and a limousine so I could go to the prom with this beautiful girl. At the end of the night, I went to kiss her and she responded. <laughs> she had I, a reaction I was so nervous that my stomach got really nauseous And I said excuse me And just threw up on the street all over my shoes and the rented tux The limo driver wouldn't let me in the car yeah. He split and I had to walk home That was my prom night That's amazing mm-hmm. Man he's really a guy that swings for the fences When it comes to spending money he does not have To make crazy things he's, happen Absolutely It's very it's consistent His entire life Yeah Because what did we already talk about That he's got bottom dinosaur island. bones yeah. And bought an He island. had to return the dinosaur bones He did have to return the bones uh, I see Miles Davis as a surrealist father of mine He was the first person to believe in me as an actor The one who said He first understood what I was talking about It was on the Dick Cavett show Before we went on He said to me Why aren't you wearing a leather jacket? Didn't you learn anything from Dennis Hopper? Because I was wearing a suit. Then I went out and started talking about how if Picasso could paint surreal, why couldn't actors try to achieve that as well? Then Miles came on, and he was very considerate and said, I hear what you're saying. He kept looking at me like we had our own connection. This feels very much in his head. Ever since then, he stayed in my thoughts. He said the words I needed to hear to keep going with my choices. It's weird because my surrealist name, Cage, is actually taken from a black character, Luke Cage. I just fucking. That's the minimum amount of encouragement. Right? Was he just yeah, just just wandering up to people who was slapping him in the? (laughs) Your whole family's Coppola's. I don't understand. Oh, that's so great. I mean, I'm sure the next time he was seen in public, he was wearing a leather jacket. That apparently made quite the impression on him. I guess. Uh, it's like Miles Davis being like mildly nice Making to Making eye contact for more than yeah. 10 seconds. And he's like, ah, he sees it. He sees to my core. Ja- jazz great Miles Davis believes in me as an actor. Yeah. All of this was said over a game of Parcheesi. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Ghost Rider spirit of vengeance was mentally taxing. If only because I had to go to a Christmas party shortly after I had wrapped photography in Romania at 2 in the morning as the Ghost Rider. The invitation had a Christmas ornament on it with Ghost Rider's face on it as a tree. I had a couple of schnapps and went to the party. 
I had not entirely let go of whatever magic I had been channeling, and all hell broke loose. In fact, I kept I think I kept saying over and over, Merry Christmas, you assholes. I'm lucky I'm not in a Romanian prison. Sometimes he's just so Nicolas Cage it hurts. Yeah, sometimes he's just, I mean, that is some unhinged magic right there. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, look, if just to be in that room, just to be in that Romanian room. Also, the part about the role was not, it wasn't challenging because of anything that happened right. on set. Yeah, it was because mentally taxing because I went to a Christmas he, party later afterwards. Later he had to drink some schnapps and scream at a bunch of crew workers. Uh, there's very few things that make me laugh. Mike Myers' Austin Powers makes me laugh. Interesting. That was genius. And Daffy Duck makes me laugh. But I like odd behavior. Okay, first of all, mm-hmm. Alien. Second of all, <laughs> <laughs> isn't it interesting that very few things make him laugh? It, it like surprises makes, me not at all. Yeah, it makes no sense and the most sense. Yes. Because he's a person who doesn't necessarily need to be getting laughs. He needs a reaction. Yes. Like, I went in for the kiss. She had... She she responded. Responded. (laughs) (laughs) He lives his whole life in that way. Just doing avant-garde things and letting people vibe off of it. Yeah, I feel like he has, like, close to no sense of humor. And that's part of his ability to commit to anything. Yeah, that's true. Like, no sense of irony. Yeah. The, the self-awareness he has seems like it's in retrospect and through a lens of could give a flying fuck right, what people think. Right, He knows what he's doing. He's never thought it's funny. That's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, though. Uh, on the most place, haunted places I've ever been to, there's a house I used to live in called the Laurel Lee Mansion. Uh, La LaRue, whatever. La LaLaurie, who cares? Yeah. Mansion on Royal Street in New Orleans. And it's notorious as the most haunted house in the United States. I spent time in there, alone in total darkness, to get to some inspiration to write the great American horror novel. Yes. But I didn't get very far. I'm not going to go into detail. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I will go into great detail. It was in a part of the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in the, it was the Bywater District. It's next <laughs> to an old industrial plant. I don't want to talk about what happened in there. I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> I sat in a dark room trying to write the great American horror novel. The great American horror novel. The thing that we all agree <laughs> is a thing. Yeah. I mean, that would be... I would love to hear his words. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, he's not a writer. He should be. He should be writing He improvs things. a lot. So I think there's a chance that we're getting a lot of his words. Yeah, exactly. That brain's... It's never not working. I want to know what it comes up with when it needs to do 90 minutes worth of script writing. Yeah, it might just be like... Pressing caps lock and then just hitting letters. He just turns the dictate feature mm-hmm. onto his phone <laughs> and he screams wildly ah. in a blacked out room while drinking expensive wine and then something happens. I would like to hook up with one of the great Japanese filmmakers, like the master that made Ringu. And I would like to take the Wicker Man to Japan, except this time he's a ghost. Um, <laughs> um, I need that more than anything need I've ever needed. You seen the Wicker Man? I haven't. Oh, you've told me about the Wicker Man, and I've obviously watched scenes from the Wicker yeah, Man. Yeah, we've seen the scenes. The scenes are still pretty worth it. The general uh, tone, I would say, is it's quite funny to watch the trailer and then watch the movie. The movie they thought they were making, and then what happened to it? Because mm. it's it's a ride. It's uh, very strange. Punching ladies on bicycles and wearing a bear suit and punching ladies. Yeah. Or- Bear suit punches, yeah. lots of lots of lady punches. Mm-hmm. Just really fighting those older women. 
trying to get to their honey. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Shall we talk about Vampire's Kiss? Oh, what a treat. This is a a good movie is the thing. It's a very good movie. But it's awesome. It doesn't do, I imagine, what it thought it was going to do, which is completely... I don't know what it exactly thought it was going to do. Yeah, absolutely. But it did something. I had a reaction. Yes, there was a reaction that I had. A reaction occurred. So, what this this movie was made in 88. Yeah. Filmed when we were, like, being born. Yep. This movie's... It's a wild ride. The cast got, got young Nicolas Cage, right? Pretty fresh off of Moonstruck. Yep. Successful young Nicolas Cage, who made this movie I uh, for $40,000. Right, not much money. Yeah, took like no... This no a passion project. Yes, yes. This was important to him because they were going to allow him to do what he mm-hmm. did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we wanna, do we want to start with plot? I think so. Because there's quite a few things happening here. Uh, it's worth noting... So, remember like... I'm just looking at the IMDb page right now. Yeah. Jennifer Beals is also in it. She's like the other main character. Remember, yeah. we were watching it, because the first time we'd watch these things together, uh, and I remarked, I think that's David Hyde Pierce. Oh. In the in the bar. Oh. There's just like, a guy was like, is that David Hyde Pierce? It is David that Hyde was Pierce. David Hyde Pierce? Yes. Are you serious? As, an, uh, as like an extra. Good. He I... has no lines. Who did he know? Who was his buddy? Why was Who knows? he there? Or was he just was he abducted not, into it? Was he not Niles yet? Oh, he was definitely not Niles Because that wasn't until the early 90s? Yeah. Okay. He's credited as theater guy. Amazing. That's a good Easter egg. Good eye. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Dude. Yeah, Frazier wasn't until 93, so he was like five years unfamous. Yeah. He was just being part of the ambiance. There's a thing about like 80s movies sometimes where they look fake to me because it's like what someone my age would imagine the 80s looked like. There's a ton of mm-hmm. party scenes in this movie and everyone's wearing like flashy, like shiny shoulder pads that could knock a person down, like Everybody's hair. clothes looks like it's designed by Keith Haring. Like there's, yeah. it's very <clears throat> splotchy. Yeah, it's like a Cindy Lauper music video but without any of the, the pink mm-hmm. it's supposed to be. Adult. So Nicolas Cage is uh, a literary agent. Yeah. With the most inscrutable accent. If you're going to talk about this movie, you almost only can talk about his accent because it's... How do we describe it? It's like it's Zoolander. Yeah, it's a little bit Zoolander, a little, a little Zoo- bit Surfer Boy. Yeah, sometimes it's Surfer Boy. And it's got that, um, what was it, the mayor of Easttown, like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. There's My a bad shoe, shoe, shoe. He, it's like he speaks without ever closing his mouth in this movie. Yeah. It's like his, his name is Peter Lowe, and everybody else calls him Peter Lowe. And he calls himself Peter Lee. Yeah, he is. It's true. It's like he's, uh, he's folded his top lip over in order to pronounce every single word. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And if you look up, if you just do a quick Google, what is it says British accent. So what that is, is another thing I would like to know is if someone just said that on IMDb or whatever, or if at some point he told a human being that that was right? a British accent. Because both seem equally possible. What is Nicolas Cage's accent in Vampire's Kiss? Uh, yeah, it's terrible British accent is what it says on here, but it's not... It really doesn't describe what you're listening to. It's incredible. Apparently he showed up with a, uh, a pencil mustache that they made him 
shave. Oh, he tried to do a deadfall kind mm-hmm. of thing? Yeah, he was in love gross. with that mustache. Oh, yeah. That, it is an amazing amount of restraint on the part of people making this movie that that was the line. Yeah. Because huh. his hair, though. Everything about him is horrifying. His hair. When it slicked back, it slicked back 80s hair. But then the moment he jostles his head, it becomes, it's a like a ginger bowl cut. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, it, it looks like the berries and cream boy. Yeah. Uh, so apparently there was like a bunch of debate on, I found a uh, oral history yeah. of Vampire's Kiss. Uh, he based his accent on his father's accent. He was a literature professor, which can't be true. No. Uh, and the director was like, yeah, I guess this is cool. And apparently the producers hated it, and they would argue about it all the time. Oh, yeah. The producer seemed pretty... I mean, she was not on board with the cockroach. She was not on board mm-hmm. with the... I think because he passed on the movie initially, um, and then and then decided he wanted back in, and I that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And then he absolutely took over the set. Mm-hmm. Like, it's clear <laughs> from this side of the screen that that was a Nick Cage production. We said we chose this voice because if he did the role totally straight, the character was so hateful that it would be unwatchable. So I, it's, to, it's to liven it up? I, I guess. It's to make him more... Uh, more watchable, more like more eccentric more approachable. and less just straight evil. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I guess sort of. I mean, it doesn't work because his accent is so distracting. It's so distracting, though. It's not. It's not like soften it, it up. Doesn't feel with... like a character choice. It yeah. feels like so, he's like wandering through every line he says, trying to find a new accent. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a treat. And there's like another inexplicable accent. He's talking to his therapist a lot in this movie, and she mm-hmm. is doing one of those old timey like transatlantic that like real mid yeah like yeah like a like it's like if British was run through the mm-hmm. Washington like Catherine Hepburn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. You don't see that anymore. But <clears throat> his therapist, by the way, who looks like Rachel Dratch in a David Byrne suit, <laughs> <laughs> the biggest shoulders in the land. And literally, like, that is Rachel Dratch. I had... Yeah, it's 100% Debbie Downer. Like, yeah, man. top to bottom. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm... Okay, so he's a literary agent mm-hmm. who's, uh, like, going home with women. And then he yeah. goes home with uh, Jennifer Beals. Initially, it's not Jennifer Beals. Well, Beals. no. The first time, he goes home with some other woman. Some woman, uh, yeah. Who seems to be dating because, like, they go out at least one other time. And yeah. they, like, have a... A regular back and forth for a while. Yeah, he's a wild nightlife playboy mm-hmm. uh, with the little the little kid on the stairs watching him just run around like so a madman. Like, and like his that naked girlfriend running this around. This movie makes some choices with the cutaways. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. think you're in a scene where he's just living it up, drinking and having wild sex with some stranger, and then it's just a scene like a shot of a little kid staring through the banister. The movie's. Uh, is so unable to nail down a tone. Yeah. That, like, for a while you'll think you're watching a comedy. Yep. And the movie's like, you're not watching a comedy. You're watching something horrible. Yeah, you're watching you something be, dark. You should be horrified by all of this. And you are. But then they go back to, like, look at how funny Nicolas Cage is so being. Funny, it's so funny. It's so loud and big. And... and you describe it as a dark comedy, but it's not a dark comedy. It's an no. outlandish farcical comedy and, like, a... A psychological nightmare. It's a it's a lot of funny choices, mm-hmm. and the choices themselves are I do not believe intended to be funny, but to be. I can't tell. I don't know. I can't tell. There's times where I feel like there are two fairly good movies that have been made, yeah. and they've put them into they've like <clears throat> knocked them into each other, such yes. that they've made 
two like one bad movie out of two basically good movies. Yeah, because towards the end of the movie too, there's some comedic beats where like that was very much on purpose. That yes. part wasn't an accident. Yes. And then it immediately flips the script and goes back into being like kind of this dark, tragic thing mm-hmm. that's very demented. Right. Yeah. That's like very violent and disgusting. Yeah. But like his descent into madness, it feels like it's played for laughs. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta gotta start at the beginning. Um, so yeah, he goes home with this woman, and then as as he's nibbling on her breast, a bat flies into the room. Yes. And uh, one of my like early favorite <laughs> moments. Uh, I know what you're so she's like, she screams and runs out because a bat flew into the room, mm-hmm. and he is trying to get the bat to leave, and he keeps going shit. Oh yeah, shit, and shit, and the actress in the scene with him stops what she's doing. He's like, did you mean shoe? <laughs> like, even the other characters she know that his accent makes it. no sense. That's so good. And then there's a moment where he finally kind of like wins his battle against this bat. He goes to like walk out of the room. He looks over his shoulder, coyly tucks his hair behind his ears, <laughs> and just lingers in the doorway for a moment. And then he later tells his, and then he's in his therapy therapist that he was aroused by was, the bat. Yeah, he got he got all horned up by by bat. By bat. Uh, so then we like introduce his horrible relationship with the secretary. Oh yeah, who by the way is only allowed to wear like things that uh, wardrobe pieces that were recovered from Little House on the Prairie. Right, or like uh, swatches cut from like an old couch. Yeah, it's like, yeah, she's an adult woman. Like, an adult woman, probably in her... Late 20s? Late 20s, 30s? Like, not, yeah, not a 90-year-old. They're dressing her in a really confusing way. And then, yeah, he's like, he's not terrorizing her yet. No, but he is shitting her from the jump. Yeah, Yeah. he is up her ass about a thing that doesn't matter, which I I, I came in and he's looking for some files. That's all that we... It doesn't doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It does contribute to some of the best scenes in the movie. Uh, but yeah, the thing he's actually looking for does not matter. He needs a file, he needs a file, he's gotta have it now. In that scene, you do get this, like, weird obsession with legs from the camera. Okay, that scene. I'm very split on the cinematography of this movie, because sometimes it's fucking great. Sometimes it looks really good. Like, the intro, uh, like, the cityscapes, awesome. Those seem like they are taken from a different movie. Yeah. Because every once in a while, he po- you pop back out, and then you just get to see, like, the city over water at sunrise, and it's like, that is breathtaking. Right. And then you're back in the mix. When they're not filming a person, <clears throat> yeah. the cinematography's great. It There's, shines. like, some shots of hallways that yeah. are awesome, some shots of stairwells, but then you get Nicolas Cage or another actor in the scene, and the cinematographer has forgotten how to do this, and you get this long shot of Nicolas Cage's hairy, exposed leg. He's chosen, he's elected on this particular day to just forego socks. Yeah. And so they show him across his legs, and then editing choice, just linger there. Just live in that moment for a while. And it's just his ankles. Right. What It contributes nothing to, no to the end. scene. To no, no end. No end. Uh, and, like, they both look at each other's <laughs> legs quite a bit in that scene. I yeah. don't understand it. I don't understand it. It never comes back. No. You don't need to know anything about his legs. It's not important that he's not wearing socks, but that those are the things. That's this little magic, the little uh, little extra... Yeah, just choices. A little extra stank on it that this movie just throws in there. And that's, that scene then, I think, uh, feeds seamlessly into the best moment of the movie. 
Oh, where Nicholas Cage looking out the goes window. out the window and <sighs> Nicholas Cage gazes out the window. There is a man with a hot dog vendor that next to the hot dog stand, a couple is making out, and he's got two cans of soda that he's pushing against it's their just, hum- pushing yeah, against two their hands of soda. He's knocking them into the bodies yeah. of this making out couple. Yeah, they don't appear to notice. No, nope. and, and he <laughs> is not giving up. We're like. We get the shot for 15 seconds. It's so long. It's so, it's so long. long. You never meet these characters again. No. It has nothing to do. I'm obsessed with it. We had Zero to go back contribution and rewatch it. Awesome. We watched it twice. Part. So good. It's the best part. It is. You could almost just like roll credits. Yeah. The movie doesn't get better. It doesn't get more important than that is the thing. You don't need... There doesn't. There's not a point to this movie. Although the point is that you get to watch Nicolas Cage just... Just lose fucking absolute shit. Full send. Yeah, go for it. But it's those little things. Like, well, did that make someone smile? Was that something someone saw once and they're like, (laughs) it's real life, man. You got to put these human moments in the movie. I mean, whatever the choice, I'm so glad they left it in. Me too. so good. Me too. Best moment. Uh, So... You get like a so then he goes home with Jennifer Beals, right? Yeah. So now he's he's in bed with this new woman, and they are they're making out on the bed. He they're both wearing clothing items. Yeah, they're not fully they, naked. Not, she's she's topless. She's topless, but they're not like mid coitus. No. She is just wriggling around on top of Nicholas Cage. Right. She's just rubbing her boobs on his shirt. Rubbing her boobs on his white t shirt and just going for the neck. Going yeah. for the neck. And to a degree that becomes both disturbing and boring. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> uh-huh. they can return to it so many so times. So many times. Yeah, it is like the room. So she... Recycle the same Right, literally the same love scene yeah. two or three times. Same clothes, same angles, literally the same scene. Yeah. Um, and like, so she's a vampire. Mm-hmm. At least so far in the fiction of the movie. She's a vampire. She's got vampire teeth. She sucks his blood. He doesn't like it, then he does. Yeah. Um... Also, there's a weird, like, it's, it has to be a choice. I do not know why it's a choice, but Nicolas Cage exclusively dates light-skinned black women in this movie. Everyone's got the same hair as well. Yeah. It's a uniform hair decision. Yeah, it's like he's got a very specific type. It's like maybe he created a fictionalized version of the type of woman he dated in real life. That's Maybe? Possible. But, I mean, they're two fairly different-looking women. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just an interesting choice. Yeah. Uh, like, so he... So she uh, she bites him. She bites him, and, like, the next day, he's already acting spooky. Right. So he makes coffee, and then, like, walks the coffee over to the bed while talking to, we assume, oh, Jennifer Beals. Oh, yeah, that. And he's and got a, a little teeny tiny espresso cup. Mm-hmm. He's talking to a person who's not there, and his hand's shaking like he's right. coming down. It's very weird. It is very weird. Uh, They're letting you know right away that he's crazy, crazy though. He's like, yeah, he's lost his mind yeah. already. He pulls the band-aid back at one point. There's no bite. Like, What was that? the case in the beginning at the yeah like it wasn't like halfway through the movie he does like kind of pull it pull it back like just to mess with it and you see there's nothing under there and like all right oh. okay just mm-hmm. see you mm-hmm. uh it's the thing this is like almost a good movie i think like if it had stuck with that tone like the black swan kind of thing yeah. of it all where it's like a dark kind of twisted thriller then right. it could be a 
interesting version of that. Mm-hmm. It couldn't. Uh, it could be a really good comedy if it was just going. Yeah, for if it. it went for either of those intensely, it can't figure it, it couldn't out. Couldn't figure it out. The way he is, movie to movie, makes something good, makes something weird, makes mm-hmm. something amazing, makes something shitty. This yeah. movie is every four minutes. Absolutely, absolutely, hundred yeah. uh, percent. So he. Uh, so, like, right after his Jennifer Beals coffee thing, uh-huh. he's then out on a date with the woman he was dating. Yeah. And it's, there's, like, nothing worth reporting to this except the hat that she's wearing. The hat's so good. It's, like, um, like a big, fancy black hat, but someone snipped the top third mm-hmm. off of it just so that her hair could poof out. Right. It serves zero function yeah. as a hat. You gotta let the hair breathe, man. You gotta let the hair breathe. It's like an accountant's visor, but just all the way around. All the way around, but like a, you know, like a derby kind of Exactly. A, der- a derby hat that maybe encountered like a, a saw. Mm-hmm. Just cleared <laughs> the top right off. Uh, and then like you get... It's so just he's back like, and forth for a long time with him hooking up with Jennifer Beals and... Uh, it's. I mean, it's the same scene. It's, it's, it's the yeah. same scene. They just like reuse not the same footage, right. but definitely they shot one thing for three minutes and mm-hmm. then they just, just use it over and economize over it. Uh, so this basically just plays out for the rest of the movie, right? It's like yeah, for he, a really long time. He has his Jennifer Beals either like you know. Blood sucking, love making sessions uh-huh. or fantasies. I'm not convinced there is love making to these sessions <laughs> <laughs> because the first session he's he's wearing clothes and yeah. long dark dress socks mm-hmm. and she's not entirely clothed but not naked enough right. for it to be going. She's down. wearing lingerie, but like the implication just, is that sex could occur, but, but it, it appears doesn't that seem it, to. it seems like she bites him into submission every time, and then he right. just makes a lot of very interesting faces. What's and, What's wild to me is, like, if that is her goal, yeah. why does she, like, I get why she's topless the first time, because she's trying to lull him into a false sense of but, security. But then he's got the taste for it. Right, he by the second time, the she doesn't need to be at all scantily clad. She could be fully clothed. She could, she could be wearing she, a hazmat suit. Exactly. <laughs> she's got what he needs, those teeth. Uh, so, the almost the rest of the movie... Is only worth talking about because of acting choices Nicolas Cage makes. Yeah, because the plot doesn't go almost anywhere. He no. uh, he does he does fully terrorize his sec- secretary. Yes. Alva is her name. Yeah, Alva. It's awful. Yeah, to the point where and like there's some funny moments though. So he's he shows up at work full crazy, mm-hmm. chases her around after he figures out that she doesn't have the file to file, mm-hmm. and then chases her into the bathroom. She's screaming that she's got a gun. It's a dramatic moment. And then this old, older lady. This old lady like, also wearing a couch. Yeah. She's like, what the fuck what, is going on around here? What the fuck here? is going on here? <laughs> this woman's like 80. It's awesome. It's so awesome. Like, yeah, where were you the rest of this movie? We just need one person to be like, by the way, I noticed something was happening mm-hmm. just now and forever. Uh, so the first time... Like, I guess the second time that he's engaging with the, the secretary in his, like, long pattern of abuse, mm-hmm. he gets a call from the person who's, like, whose file he's looking for. Oh, yeah. And he, like, he gets the call, and then he cranks his jaw over and over again like a baby bird waiting for its mom to vomit <laughs> into his mouth. There's, like, no reason for it. It's like a Pac-Man. Like, uh... Then he says something funny at that point, too. Because well, he, he looks at Alva and, like... Is that yeah, the, am I getting, am through, I getting to through to you? And then he points Alva. at her like Elvis. It's <laughs> yeah, so... Like, there's really so many good. things. Um, and then he, like... 
he after that scene, uh, he's he goes to call the woman that he like walked out on the date from with the hat. Yep. Uh, and he passes by uh, white-faced mimes. Yeah, on the way up ta- to his brownstone. Yeah, tango dancing. Mm-hmm. And then pantomiming like a domestic uh, uh, a domestic fight. Yeah, one of them uh, gets slapped. Yep. And then when he leaves, they're doing the, the exact same, same thing, routine. beat for beat. Do you think that's why he got stalked by a mime? Oh, maybe. Like, he threw his hat over the mime ball. Or one mime of those mimes. Oh, are... actually one of those <laughs> mimes? <laughs> they snuck onto set and into the movie. By they, I mean it. <laughs> it and other it got their way into my movie. Yeah, there's choices like that. That's like the tin can thing where it's just a little Easter egg, just mm-hmm. a little present. Like, hey, you're sticking this out. Mm-hmm. Would you yes. like <laughs> Would you like a treat? <laughs> would you like to overhear, jingle it over right. here, just focus on something outside of the movie? So many little choices that suggest this is a madcap comedy. Yeah, that it knows what it's doing. Right, and and it really could have been. It kind of seemed like it was going there. Cause, and he's doing like... It's that Nicolas Cage losing his shit montage acting, mm-hmm. all the stuff that everyone's right. seen. The it's most, like the, half of that is The yelliest, movie. craziest bits are here. But the movie's determined to deliver what it wants to deliver. Uh-huh. And it just kind of like, it's it, it keeps going. He, uh, so he's like, he stands up his, uh, the woman that he was dating uh, for a second time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she like leaves a note for him that says, stay the fuck out of my life. And then he starts crying hysterically and rips it up into tiny pieces and trashes his apartment and breaks his mirror. Yep. And then we cut to his therapist's office. Oh, yeah. This is when... Is this when he's explaining the entire thing about the files? The misfiling. So, like... They go into great detail. Or she's... uh, He's like, you know, this is supposed to be filed well. She's like, yeah, things are filed well. Yeah. Unless it's misfiled. Misfiled? Oh, yeah. Somebody put something in the wrong file, and it's misfiled. Yep. Like, there's a whole scene. It goes on forever. They explain <laughs> filing systems to each other in this major motion picture. They explain the same thing back and forth to each other, I would say, like, 11 times. And then he says the alphabet. Yeah. He is not feeling heard. No. It is clear. No. He is not feeling heard, and he's not feeling seen. So he stands and lords over his therapist and screams the alphabet at her. Mm-hmm. Literally, I, mean, I cannot stress this enough. He yells A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And he does the whole thing. It has to, like, stop what you're doing and watch it. It's Or you just, like, put this I'm putting it in. It's going in. It's got to go in. Uh, this is a very quotable movie when it comes to like what he's doing and the sounds he's making are very iconic. He's just got so many choices. That ther- therapist doesn't bat an eye either. She's a professional. Well, she might not be real. Yeah, that's true. The thing about this movie is that no one might be real. Right. It's entirely possible this is like yeah, like he's interacting with zero in human beings. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and it's like inches away from that feeling like an artistic choice. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, that, like, seed of doubt that could have made it kind of a cool movie. But then it's he's also curled up under his couch, which he has overturned in yes. his living room to simulate a coffin. And he's got fake vampire teeth. I'm getting ahead of myself. Yes. Uh, so after that scene, he wanders back into his office. And one of another, like, incredible filmmaking decision. He picks up a rubber ducky off a woman's desk and drops <laughs> yeah. it on the ground. And, like, what... Why? This is an office. 
Why do you have rubber ducky on, in your desk in the first place? It's a good question. It's a good question. It's a Coke, it's a Coke can at the hot dog stand uh-huh. kind of question. <laughs> do you Choices. That, do you think the props guy is the unsung hero of this he movie? He might be. Just planting things for people to <laughs> awesome react shit. to? Yeah. Like if you're like trying to create an interesting environment for people to like trip in. He like, like went into escape rooms later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like let's just see how people react to this. Oh, weird. Mine's weird. I don't know. Like like hidden cameras show uh-huh. type shit. <laughs> like a what would you do, Duncan Yonas kind of moment. Uh, and then Nicolas Cage calls his secretary into the office and says, "I'm sorry I chased you around. I was on mescaline." Uh huh. And she says, "I also did mescaline in high school." Yep. I want to stop. Yeah. Mescaline man. is not a drug you That's do a in high school. Scary high school it's a, drug. It's a very That's scary. A very... It's, a, it's a hardcore hallucinogen. It's just. It's interesting mm-hmm. because they are very cavalier about this thing. It's, it's like they're like, talking about weed. Like, yeah. <laughs> like kids do shit, and I I understand that I'm on the mild end of the spectrum for sure. Mm-hmm. But two adults who've both done mescaline in their teens, and then they just they talk about high school for a little while. Oh, high school! Yeah. Those were the days. Yeah, they were high school. And then he starts high school doing the eyelids peeled back thing that oh, yeah, he will do like for the rest of the movie. Doing like a Nosferatu, like. Eyebrows to the heavens. Uh, you see the top of his eye whites. Yeah. I can't think of another movie where you see an actor's like top of their eye whites for longer than a second. And this is like must much of his performance for the rest of the movie. Oh, is yeah. And then the face. camera takes its sweet time closing oh, in on that, yeah. too. He's got his head at like a 45 degree angle so you can see into his nasal cavity and the camera just slowly mm-hmm. zooms in. And this Not is like the last time. This is the origin of the Nicolas Cage meme. Like the thing yeah. that's going on the internet. It's that, that thing that, that scene everyone's that seen. Face. That image that is on stickers mm-hmm. and lunch boxes. And it hadn't occurred to me until watching it's this movie. Of, of course. It probably is. Somewhere out there. I mean the internet's wonderful. If you don't place. have it, it might not exist. Mm. Uh, but the, like that actually it's a an acting choice that he's making to perform as Nosferatu from yeah. Nosferatu. Yep. And like, he actually does that pretty well. He looks like it so much, he really though. He really manifests it looks hardcore. like it a lot. Yeah, he yeah. starts doing the posture. Yeah, he starts doing like an Igor thing. Yeah. Like a, a hunchbacky thing as well, which is not the same, Steez, but it's... But then when he like starts slinking into the, uh, the nightclub at the end... He's like yeah. he has manifested exactly the Max Shrek posture. Yeah, like yeah, he's, he's just not brought to it up big. It's kind of a cool choice. It's it, it's, it's a, the thing. It's, it's great. This is almost a really good movie. It's, it's like pretty fun to watch, and it's definitely on purpose. Yeah, yeah. He decides he needs vampire teeth, so he goes to purchase some. But he has previously spent all of his cash, so now he can on only a cab, afford on, on, on cab a cab fare. ride to go stalk his ex secretary. And uh, yeah, he's gotta buy he's gotta buy the vampire teeth that you mm-hmm. could purchase if you were a child. Uh, at some point, he eats a cockroach. Uh, he does. Yep, which we've covered. He he then goes to his like I guess his secretary calls in sick to work because he's horrifying to her, and he goes to her house and says, "I heard you were sick," and shakes this little baggie and says, "I brought you soup." Yeah. And I I don't know. You know, I wasn't especially conscious in 1988, but, like, soup has always been soup, right? Ah, like, uh, there's those little Lipton cup packets. I, it's it's a, it's a thing, okay. I bet, that got popular in the 80s. Like Top Ramen, but slimmed down. Mm-hmm, but with no ramen in it. it was Teeny just, tiny yeah. nudes. It's, 
Okay. Cause it's, lo- it's really just not what you would put in a movie, though. Like, I've right. seen that in the wild. I'm aware of what that is. But if soup is soup. You want to present soup. You, there's no there's shortage cans, of ways to show there's soup. There's containers that don't require any additional work done by the recipient. Yeah, he's really waving a baggie around a lot. Yeah, a it, crinkly baggie. It looks like uh, a Swiss Miss bag. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, and then he convinces her, he apologizes, convinces her to come back to the city with him, and then in the middle of the cab ride becomes completely unhinged and begins Mm -hmm. verbally battering this woman. Yeah. Uh, And so she then uh, says, like, let's pull over by where my brother works. We need to give him some money. Right, so she can go talk to him about the gun. Yeah, so she goes in and is uh, is understandably freaked out by Nick Cage. Yeah. uh, And says, I need bullets for this gun. And her brother says a series of insane things. Oh, my God. Uh, he says, you don't need bullets in the gun. It's to scare people off when they see it. And also, you shouldn't be carrying it. <laughs> <laughs> he had, like, immediately forgot the previous <laughs> sentence and just moved right on. <laughs> this gun that you that exists that you solely to scare people based on its visual characteristics. It's, yeah, it's just a visual prop. Don't have don't it. Don't have it. Don't have it. Tell people you have Let this gun and the idea the... of the gun will scare them away. Not loaded, though. Not loaded. Not loaded, though. Uh... <laughs> My understanding of blanks is probably not what it should be. If you fired a, a gun that had blanks in it into your mouth, would something still happen? Yeah. That would still hurt you. I'm pretty sure, yeah. you get hurt, you wouldn't die. You would get hurt, though, right? I think so. I think that's what killed Brandon Lee. It I was, thought that's what happened. It was yeah, it was supposed to have blanks. It oh, it actually ha- okay. Yeah. But I, I feel like, wouldn't it still burn you? Yeah. I feel like it would be an ouchy moment. Right, I mean, like, it generally burns your hand when you... Nothing burn. in this movie's real. No. Nothing exists. The gun can't exist. The gun can't be held in a human hand because the human's not there. Right. It, it starts, like, peeling back more. Uh, Nick Cage is, like, in his office... And then, like, Jennifer Beals is sucking his blood in the office. Yeah. And then he sees his cab driver and his oh, cab yeah. driver's wife. There's he like starts a... really hallucinating. Yeah. yeah, he sees his cab driver and his, like, old, like, Russian wife. And they then he's he sees Jennifer. He interacts with Jennifer Beals at that party. And then, in a way that, like, is she is extant, though, right? Like, she's there with a boyfriend. Yeah, it's... Right, at the very end. The very end, he, after he, does he, see mur- her. he does a murder. He does a murder. He, he does, does a real murder. He goes, finds a woman doing blow on a couch, and he bites her neck to bits. Yeah, he, he convinces himself that he is a vampire. She's uh, so on board until the last minute when mm-hmm. she's no longer alive. Right. She's playing along. She's pretty he's into doing, it. He's doing his crazy faces. She is into it. Right. Yeah, how on coke do you have to be to see... Nicholas Cage doing his Nosferatu thing and be like, I want that in my Shamble life. into a room where you are existing alone <laughs> doing skulk, cocaine. Skulk into a, yeah, a room. Yeah, he skulks yeah, in this, with, his, with his arms like out Nosferatu and, style. And also this giant room in this crowded nightclub with nobody in. Like the nightclub dance floor is packed with yeah, people. Yeah, there's you no wiggle through. room. And then there's this vacuous space with a single couch yeah, in the middle. Yeah, this like airplane hanger that she's hanging out in. Yeah, you gotta pay. Those are the big bucks to buy yourself a private second floor. When when does the boohoo happen? Oh, okay. So I think I think it's after the club, after the murder. He's no, had, it's before the murder because he doesn't have blood on his face he have yet. Blood on his face. No, there's a moment where he like cries out. Uh, yeah, literally says boohoo. 
Yeah, and it's, it's closed captioned to boo-hoo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess some hallucination must have happened, and then the worm begins to turn. Yes. You can see that he's he's sweaty, and he's crying, mm-hmm. and he's visually become... His, his uh, berries and cream hair is very much out and about. Yeah, yeah. Then he uh, chases a pigeon around. Oh, he, he buys the plastic oh, vampire teeth. Oh, the pigeon scene's so funny. Yeah, he wanders <laughs> along, like he puts the vampire teeth in, yep. falls to the ground, and wanders around the ground on his hands and knees, yeah. and then gets up and chases a pigeon around, he finds and it. then grabs it and stuffs it in his jacket. He sucks it under his jacket and looks side to side and then just scurries and then away Then runs with back it. home and eats it with his plastic vampire teeth. I guess teeth. he eats it with his plastic vampire teeth. And seems to be very sick from it, understandably. Yeah, and this is when he starts just doing that full body dry heave. Mm-hmm. Where he does he's for the rest of the movie. Like loudly retching, and I don't know, it, it got me though. It would just be mid-sentence. He'd get yeah. all worked up, he'd get mad, he'd do some yells, and then just... Yeah, I didn't need it, I didn't. <laughs> Need it. Uh, so this is like right around where uh, the movie really de- like it. It could to this point have been pretty good. It did feel like the last twenty ish thirty minutes could have either been shoved forward and like gotten there a little quicker, or just abbreviated. Because at this point, you're just getting. Nothing but Nick Cage screaming nonsense. Right. Well, it's just where it like splits into two movies. Like, yeah. it's sort of weaving back and forth for a while. And it feels like they're kind of telling a cohesive story. And then like he assaults his secretary. It's t- it's unclear in it's the so scene. It's so unclear. Yeah. He later confesses to having sexual assault, sexually assaulted her. Yeah. It seems in the moment that all he does is push her over and bite her neck. So eh, yeah. it's, like, it's unclear. But like clearly the effect on her is really bad. It's bad. Uh, and so we get this and like so very like dark. intense it's dark. Very not cool. Yeah, it's like it's a like horrible. Like whatever happened to her is horrible. Yeah, and he's become a bad bad guy. Yeah, where previously he was an obnoxious guy. Right. Uh, and his like he has he has really like fucked her up bad. Yeah. But then we're cutting back to his like comedic breakdown. Oh, it's the one in the loses street his mo- when yeah. he's talking to himself. Yeah, and- <laughs> throughout, like, he's he's like, he's losing it, he's screaming, but it's like, the entire thing is kind of funny. It's very funny. I mean, because he's screaming, I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! Well, he's like, dragging a piece of wood. Through Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah, just co- covered in blood. Covered in an actual woman's blood, by yeah. the way. And pigeon blood. So he's got a lot of blood. Up yeah. In the mix. But most of it's a woman's blood. M- much of it is a woman's blood. Yeah. And then... How he's able to do anything in that nightclub is very strange to me, too, because he gets into it by bum-rushing the bouncer. Hitting oh, the bouncer worst in the bouncer stomach, ever. And then just and he just gets to wander through. Yeah, he just runs through as fast as he can and does a quick gut punch, and then he's golden. Yeah. Worst and nobody's worst. coming after him. No security. They just go back to working the awful. line. Yeah, and then he's just busting into rooms, biting ladies. Right, he commits violent murder near a dance floor... It, to like, I'm not convinced he couldn't have just committed violent murder in the middle of the dance floor. Yeah. Like zero security. I don't in this really. Think, yeah, eventually someone drags him out, mm-hmm. but it takes a long but way. Mostly because he's there. being weird to Jennifer Beals. Mostly because he's just yelling too much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the violence. Right, he's he's killing the vibe. But he's killing the vibe, man. <laughs> so yeah, it's at this point where like they're really the movie in 
uh, chooses to be very unclear about whether he's hallucinated Jennifer Beals the entire time. Yeah, because now it seems like other people can see her, and she's got a new fella, and she's reacting to him like a kind of like a normal person would. And you can't see her teeth. He keeps saying, "Look at her teeth." Look at her teeth. Look at her teeth, and she's just, I think, regular person teeth. Yeah, it seems right. So yeah, you start to take a second guess yourself whether she was even supposed to be there in that scene. But basically, like, it seems like no one exists. Yeah. Because then he's, like, out on the street. He's having a very in-depth, like, yelly conversation with his therapist who they'll comedically cut back to him just yelling at a wall. Mm -hmm. Or just kind of, like, making guttural, like... (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Real, like, crazy person talking to themselves. Yeah. That I think that's like played pretty well. The way they cut back and forth was mm-hmm. honestly very funny in the way they wanted it to be. Right. So every once in a while, the movie gets this glimpse, you know? It's like this close to the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then you get just more endless retching. Yeah, a lot of that. retching. Mm-hmm. I see. I actually <laughs> I have a baby's brain. I thought it was really funny. You like the retching? <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it, it's not not funny. It's just awful. Because you don't actually see him throw up. That would make it worse for me. But it's right. just kind of that like getting yourself. I think it's that, um, like Charlie or a D from It's Always Sunny trying to do stand-up kind mm-hmm. of moment where <laughs> just gets too worked up. Yeah. <laughs> but nothing ever happens. Right. He's it's, just, it's dry just heave. scream heaving. And um And then uh the way it all comes together is he like runs back to his apartment. Yeah. Yelling so his in his fantasy with the psychotherapist, she sets him up with a woman. Oh, yeah. It's like his perfect dream woman. Yeah, to solve all of everyone's problems. Mm-hmm. And immediately they're getting on. I have, I like to, I like Vivaldi and poetry. Right. And they're falling he, in yep. love in the moment. A pretty immediately trouble in paradise with this hallucinated woman. Yes. <laughs> like, he can't hold it together for no. a couple of minutes. <laughs> He's like screaming at her. She doesn't exist, obviously. No. Like, she's screaming at nobody but her. As soon as he gets back to his apartment. Yeah. And it's like they've been married for years. He's screaming at it like, you're yeah. always after me with my, <laughs> you're a vampire, you're a vampire. Uh, <laughs> fucking awesome. And then he uh, he sees the sun and he's afraid of the sun because he believes he's a vampire. And he hides underneath his makeshift coffin, which is an upturned couch. Yeah, he hides in books. his coffin couch. And then uh, the secretary's brother comes looking to find him. Yeah. And then just kills him with a board. Yeah, he will. <laughs> He kind of kills him, but Nicolas Cage kind of, yeah, Nicolas Cage basically like tries to shove a wooden stake into his own heart, can't achieve that, and then brother helps him out. Mm -hmm. That is the movie. That's the end of the movie. That is the end of the movie. Credits roll. Yeah, and I think that the last shot of the movie is just a prolonged shot of him laying bleeding on the ground forever, right? Well, the last shot of the movie is a uh, another glamour shot of New York City. Oh yeah, it's just really pretty, like at sunset. Mm Mm-hmm. There's just multitudes contained within this movie. It's, a lot, of, it's a lot of movies in the same movie. Yeah. Gotta say, I'm a big fan. Yeah, this movie is... like an hour, 43 minutes. It slaps. Yeah, it totally does. It's got something for everyone. Uh, it also has a lot of plot keywords. I bet. I bet there's a lot to unpack. Uh, the first one is Vampire. Three of three found this relevant. Uh, downward Spiral, Strange Behavior, Weird Behavior, Eating an Insect, Blood mm-hmm. on Clothes... Yuppie. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Uh, surrealism, sure. Male protagonist is a funny thing to throw in this. It's, <laughs> it's true. Weirdo, yelling, literary agent. Yep, strange accent. Mm-hmm. One night stand. A uh, lot of vampire. Turning into a vampire. Vampires. Yeah. Bitten by a vampire. Vampire, vampire teeth. False vampire blank. teeth. Vampire lair. Vampire coffin. Yep. Man jumps onto a table. 
jumping on a table. It, actual animal killed. Okay, yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, talking to oneself in a mirror. Pigeon. Reference to Mr. Fantastic. Reference to the Fantastic Four. I didn't pick up on those. Oh, in the very like in the beginning when he's with uh, the first woman. Uh huh. He's like they're. The problem with this movie, one of the problems, is that for the first half hour, the dialogue is absolutely inscrutable. Like, his accent is so hard to follow. Yeah. And the, like, the music is often louder than the dialogue. We couldn't hear anything. (laughs) Right. We had it on subtitles, so I could kind of tell it was being said. But I've seen this movie before, years ago, without subtitles, so I guess I just didn't ever know what was going on. Yeah. Not like it changes the information you get get in the movie. You get the flavor. But you don't get the, like, the juice. Yeah. The goods. Uh, cinema unawarite is one of the... Is that a thing? I don't know. Huh. Uh, it's... Uh, Bolrot is also one of the cinema unawarite, as is Bruno. I don't... I'm very curious what now that actually is. I don't is. know what this category means. Uh, hmm. No reflection in a mirror. Is that... Not true, Not right? true. He's epically reflected in many mirrors. Many times. There's a full scene where it's just an endless tunnel of mirrors because they've got the, like, ones facing each other. Mm-hmm. He's very much in there. Uh, eating a pigeon. We're just going to see what... We got to explore a Other movies yeah. include eating a pigeon. Uh, <laughs> so, there are four movies with eating a pigeon. Only One is four. obviously Vampire's Kiss. Uh, we'll just read up. Oh, Jerome, no. Episode Toughen Up. Lizzie, which is a Lizzie Borden movie starring Chloe Sevigny and Kristen Stewart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vampire's Kiss. Number one, most popular, eating a pigeon movie, I Spit on Your Grave 2, unrated. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's all pigeons. Mm-hmm. Uh, asking to be killed, man asking to be killed, yeah. begging to be killed. Definitely. Apostrophe and title. <laughs> ironing board no probably but I mean there's a lot going on though mm-hmm. there could be any old thing in the background maybe that was a prop that was placed there hoping that someone would improv and interact <laughs> with it and it was a missed opportunity oh my god mimes didn't make the cut huh no people prefer to them not be in a movie and not be searched for or acknowledged yeah I mean, they're because they're just stalking Nicolas Cage. Yeah, and they so they're happen following to capture him. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was rogue footage. Were there other uh, trivia's about this movie? Let's see. Yeah, I mean, the main thing that I know about it is that the this movie was written by it, the person who wrote this movie was in a relationship with the producer, and then their relationship went south, mm-hmm. and she had to take over because he was no longer going to be involved in the project because he just lost it and got very sad. So they had to find new people to help make the movie. And it's not like you can sense the resentment, but I do appreciate knowing afterwards that it was happening. You can sort of, I think you can kind of feel it. Because she's not on board with a lot of what he, the heat he was bringing. She was very frustrated with mm-hmm. it. She, was, she wanted to make a campy, low-budget horror movie because she was already all in on her boyfriend's stupid project. Right. But he was delivering something that I would imagine was overwhelming to the casting crew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, okay, I've discovered some pretty good ones. Yeah. Uh, one, in a 2018 GQ interview, Nicolas Cage stated this is the favorite movie he's ever made. Oh, that's great. It is. That's so great. It's, it should be. Yeah, I mean, 
his There's performance a... in this movie is quite good. It is absolutely addicting. Yes. Like, <laughs> you cannot look to away. It. <laughs> it's it's not his best performance. It's not it's not high art, but it is like it's Nicolas Cage's it distilled. Can you imagine that this movie was just written and not written for and with Nicolas Cage That's in mind? That's crazy. Is that possible? They just wrote it. He just wrote it. It was apparently like a sad... They were doing badly in their relationship. She thought it would be therapy for him to write a movie. So she said, just write one. And he wow. wrote one. And this wow. is the one. And then much later, they were given the opportunity to work with Nick Cage. Can you even imagine? Uh, like, who I, else? I, it's impossible. It's impossible. This is... And like given he the time, this into life. yeah, the time and the caliber of movie, the budget, they wouldn't have been able to get anyone else. That, I mean, it couldn't be boring, but it would have been so weird to watch. Yeah, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, I can't imagine another actor that would commit to this degree. No. Uh, apparently, Christian Bale used uh, Nicolas Cage's performance in this film for inspiration for American Psycho. I like that, which totally fits. I like that. Uh, apparently, also. Uh, Nicolas Cage received calls from animal rights activists about the scene eating the cockroach. Yeah, I mean, because he does eat a live cockroach on camera. I, I know. They're going like, to flip out. They're going to flip out. It's a cockroach. They're going to flip out. I know, but it's a cockroach, though. Like, I feel like they, yeah. I, I mean, feel much worse for him than I do for the cockroach, honestly. I feel pretty bad for him. Um, eh, he did create that situation for himself against the better judgment of other right. people. He, yes. All, all correct. <laughs> Uh, apparently they drugged the pigeon in order for him to be able to catch it, but they didn't tell Nicolas Cage that the pigeon was drugged. <laughs> Just to is... make him feel big and strong. Yeah. <laughs> That's like cute and sad. It's great. Why not tell him? I feel like it wouldn't be that hard to catch a pigeon. Uh, you know, I feel like they do have do the it. gift of flight. They do, but like, I just, I feel like I could do it. I feel like I got what it takes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll take that bet. Hold on. What? Let's just can I just scroll scroll through here. Uh, I'm just going to name some actors that were considered for the part. Oh uh, please, Peter Lowe. Peter Lowe. Okay, I'm going to give you. you. I'm going to give you a couple guesses. I think you're going to get one of them. Um. Another uh, mainstay. Another mainstay for us. In I mean, is it? It's not John C. McGillen. He's a side piece. Nope. It's. It's not Stephen Dorff. It's John Travolta. <gasps> That would have been so crazy. Yeah, John Travolta. It gets crazier from there. Also considered Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> <laughs> and Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Can you imagine any of those? Can you imagine? I mean, okay, things that all of those gentlemen can do rather well. Yell? It's true. They are all good at yelling. Arnie. Arnold. It is... John Travolta. Do I am I... vampire. <laughs> yeah. And Sylvester Stallone. I mean, this is already a, a difficult to understand character that couldn't have been made. No, you can't improve. I'm vampire. It. No, it's it's rough. I just can't believe. I mean, yeah. What you want is you want Travolta doing a Cage impression. Mm-hmm. Vis-a-vis the face off. Face off. Face off is uh, another. See, I like that Nicolas Cage picked this as his favorite, but I feel like he's selling himself short. He should have many favorites. Yes. Because this pr- this is probably just where they allowed the most shit to go down. I think he probably had free reign. No one said no once. Yeah, I mean, he was a major actor in this 
bump like bumblefuck nowhere film. Yeah. Yep. What a treasure. Yeah. This movie this movie slaps. Oh my god. Well, so if you had to be a character. Hmm. It's hard to pick. It is hard to pick. Uh, I mean, I've like obviously the can man. We love hot dog guy. Yeah, hot, hot dog, dog guy. guy's the favorite. But if we if it's not gonna be hot dog guy. We can't both be hot dog guy. No. I mean David Hyde Pierce gets off pretty scot free. <laughs> I kinda okay, so I don't wanna be the mur- the murdered lady the whole time, but I, I like her just carefree yeah, attitude. Right. Devil may care. Yeah, I like that someone can wander into a room doing a vampire impression that she is just on fucking board. Mm-hmm. Yes, and. Right. Yes, and <laughs> I might die on this couch at a party. <laughs> but, you know, she went out big. Yeah. In a memorable way. Mm-hmm. Oh, nope. Uh, it's the, what the fuck is going on here, oh. lady? Oh, yeah, because she's yeah. running things. She's, yeah, she has shit on lock. I could have done with one more instance of her. Absolutely. In the she's office. underused. Just, so, just someone to remind you that you're in the movie, mm-hmm. watching the movie, but real life can't exist all around and that there's something else to mm-hmm. contrast it mm-hmm. with because no one else behaves like a person. Yeah, no, she's the only one Secretary kind of does, but she's, she's calling people out on their shit. Yeah. No, love I, her. I loved her. We uh, need her. Well, until we find her again, I'll be Henry. I'll be Michelle. And fast forward. Oh, fuck! And experiment (laughs) and fast forward into future acting.